Welcome to Boss's BS, a podcast dedicated to calling bullshit on stigmas that suffocate the life out of us and keep us suppressed as a culture. And I am talking about everything, everything here from swinging non-ethical monogamy to content creators to porn stars to body shaming to... Just, just all the things, right? Any stigmas that we can think of, I am here to call bullshit on them. Now today, we're going to dive a little deep into a response that I received uh, from my last podcast. I literally just launched it this week and I got a lot of feedback, negative feedback, specifically about one little short segment that I included in this that was about swinging. The podcast, the, the episode was all about your confidence and lighting your confidence on fire through pleasure. And part of what I bring up as a pleasure practice is opening your mind up to new opportunities in sexual exploration. And one of those things I suggest visiting a swingers club. Okay. So let me backtrack a little bit. I wanted to give you the preface of today's topic, today's conversation, um, because so many people are like, ooh, yuck, I would never do that. I could never see my partner with someone else. I could, I've heard about all the the marriages that it has uh, failed and, and ruined and, and whatever. Um, all of that is very true. All of that is very, very true. Now, from the beginning here, I want you to listen with the absolute most open mind that you can. I'm going to try to address this subject as well as I can. I'm, I'm still a baby when it comes to ethical non-monogamy. The majority of our playtime is done on camera rather than off. However, we do have some experiences off, off camera, which I want, when I say keep an open mind, one, when you hear about somebody going through a divorce because of XYZ, because they were in a, the lifestyle, if you heard it, that's one thing. If you were part of it, that's another. Like we can't always go by hearsay. Um, you need to hear directly from the source. So I, I want you to keep an open mind about that. And I'm going to talk about some personal experiences that happened with my, my husband and I when we first got into thinking about entertaining ethical non-monogamy. Um, because there absolutely is people that get into this for the wrong reasons. And that is like red flag number one. I... That's the reason why you kind of go out and you meet these people, potential play partners for drinks and or, or dinner or coffee or whatever. You, you meet them first with, with no expectations and get a feel for them. It's just like the same thing as if you were going out on a date. But um, before I get into the stories with that, I'm, I'm digressing a little bit. Let's go back to keeping the open mind. The point here is... Once you open your mind up to the world of limitless possibilities, this is not swinging specific. 
this is pleasure practices. You start to see a world of possibilities for yourself. So Tony and I have mentored couples um, that they've kind of practiced going through role play with us to see if they could handle being playing with partners outside of their marriage. Um, that's one way to do it, but that's not what you have to do. I simply want a partner's to communicate their desires and their, and, and kinks and the things that turn them on. And some of these things could be super taboo, right? Like, I mean, we could get into so many different things that are people's kinks because they're simply taboo. You know, you have um, the, the like generational age gaps, um, you have uh, mixed cultures, you have um, de- degradation, humiliation. Um, there, there's, there's so many things that can be taboo in, in anyone's mind. Um, it could be something super vanilla where uh, partners role play and act like they're completely different people and meeting for the first time and, and wearing different clothing and going by different names and exploring a little bit more spice into their lives that way. Um, the reason why I say experience a swingers club or a lifestyles club is because that's when you start to see all the different possibilities. Like I said, in the, in the, short that got a lot of kickback was swinging is not just partners having sex with other partners. That can be one thing that happens, but it doesn't have to be. You set your own rules. There is voyeurism and exhibitionists. There are, so people solely go for the purpose of being watched or watching others. Does not involve any other people except for that. Now, that may creep you out, too. Like, how could I stand there next to my partner and watch somebody else? But maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's the kink of being in real life rather than watching it on a screen. Or how could I let someone watch me do something so intimate with my partner? There's closed doors at these clubs where you don't have to do that. You're, you're, it's like going to a nightclub, dancing, and then you and your partner feeling so, so well about each other, so good, so the vibe, the connection, the, the light, the love, everything is in you, and you have a space to go play. So let's, let's straighten this out. Swingers clubs are not just for swingers. That's what I said. Swinging clubs, swingers clubs are not just for swingers. I'd be a swinger without being a swinger or however you want to call it. This is where the education needs to come in. This is where I come into play. This is where a lot of the people that I know 
come into play because they all get to talk about their own personal life experiences and, and share those. And, um, you know, like right now I'm wearing a hot wife's t-shirt. Um, the term hot wife, it is where your female partner goes off and plays with others. Now, there's limits on that where the husband picks the partner. It's always same room. He's always involved or, or he is not. It, 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 that's where I'm talking that it's not just partners having sex with partners. Um, so let's, let's talk about some personal experiences for when Tony and I started doing this. Um, we went on a date with a couple, um, Super sweet couple, still our mentors to this day. We've always went to them with questions about different things. Um, they're high end kink with like BDSM type stuff. That's not, it was always intriguing for me, but not really my like total number one top cup of tea. But we felt it out. It was fine. We're still friends to this day. That was what, almost two years ago, over two years ago. Fine. They are a very healthy couple. Um, you know, this is not a situation where it interferes with our marriage. They are almost on the polygamy, polygamy side of things, too, where they have girlfriends and things like that. But this is where I'm talking. <laughs> the spectrum is so huge for you just make it what it is, you, what you want, what you and your partner desire. You make it that. And remember that it's fluid. It's th fluid through your communication with your partner. So the way that you feel about something one day may not be the same another day. And that's okay. You tell your partner about it and your partner should be open and loving enough to respect you and honor you for that. Right. Um, now we went and met another couple one time. They had been married probably 20 plus years. Um, she was not, highly bisexual, which I am. So my preference is always to play with the women first. And if I don't get a vibe from that, then we're done. It, it just, that's the, I'm the gatekeeper. Right. Um, and I know a lot, I get a lot of backlash for this too, but her and I didn't really have a vibe and they were totally in it for the wrong reasons. After a few comments that they had made, you could tell they were doing it so they could stay married and just have sex with other people. Like, that's fine. But, but we weren't going to get into that toxicity. That was not for us. No, go. We were, we were done with that scenario. But <laughs> I know this comes down to the point where, oh, how is that fair that the woman gets to pick? It's our rules. I'm not saying it has to be your rules. It's, it's the way it works for us. And I know it's not that case for a lot of partnerships. There are a lot of, okay, so we just met another couple this actually past weekend. And he told us straight up that he has never thought about being monogamous and that he will always have multiple play partners. But he was open with his wife, girlfriend. They're not actually married, but she wears a ring and they have children together. Um, he was open with her about that from the gate. So it, there again, it's that openness of communication to, to let your partner know that this is the way I feel and this is 
how it will best function in our within our boundaries of our relationship. Again, not, but it has to be for everyone. This, these are examples of how stuff works for, for everyone in or out of the lifestyle or people that have explored the lifestyle is, is where I get to put my experiences into play here and, and, and speak about it because I don't speak about things that I don't know about. Um, and I, I share with you as much knowledge that I have, and there's going to be a lot more people that are more knowledgeable about it than, than I am. So, let's see, I have to go back to the fairness. Okay, so we're back at the fairness. How is that fair that she gets to choose and he doesn't get a say-so? Well, he absolutely does get a say-so. But that's not where our relationship started. So our, our relationship started with me being able to explore my bisexuality and he was in full support of that and it would turn him on so much that I was turned on so much that he wanted to play too. I was like, okay, well no sex. So that's what we called a soft play. Um, anything but intercourse. And once that evolved and I was secure enough because it was based off of my own insecurities because I had a father that was unfaithful to my mother. And that's a whole long story that we won't get into. And, and we did evolve once I became comfortable enough with myself and my insecurities for him to have sex with someone else. Now, it doesn't always happen that way. I, it, this is where I go back. I mentioned it before. I have to have a vibe with the woman. Now, in... Some of the scenarios where we've been with couples, we have done a full swap and I kind of felt like I got the short end of the stick. So we have decided to step back from doing the full, the full swap. So you don't take one. This is where I'm saying this is fluid. After you experience something, you talk to your partner about it. You see where you have to go and you navigate around that. You never take one for the team. That's where resentment can build. That is where things can get really shady really quick. And you always move at the pace of the slowest person. Pace of the slowest person and never take one for the team. So this is where we've decided to take a little bit of a step back. And I'm very selective about our partners that we have, whether if they are full swap or if it is um, an MFM or... Um, MFF, it, it, all the little variables of letters and stuff that you can get into. I'm not going to get into all that. I have a wonderful girl that you can follow on Instagram that has all those definitions. Her name's Nicole. Um, but always remember that, like I said, it's fluid. The situation just depends. Uh, going back to the couple that we mentored, um, we talked to them about how the partner, the male partner would feel if Tony was getting a double BJ. And she didn't like that idea because then it left her husband, her partner, out of picture. So that's that's fair, right? So this is where you talk about how you would feel. And I we always suggested them too to role play it at home. And, and kind of picture it at home before you embark on the adventure. 
Um, so there, they, they, they too have also been marrying for a long time and they're just trying to step their toes into it. And I'll tell you, it is really hard to find a couple that a couple vibes with both parties, both partners. That's why you see so many swingers traveling to hopefully meet someone else that, that, that if they are a full swap couple, that they can vibe with the couple as full swap play partners. But <laughs> it's really hard. And I, that's where you go into this also with an open mind. Now, see, in the podcast before this, it triggered this episode. What was brought up was confidence. I wanted women to go to swingers clubs to see all the size variations because they walk around half naked. They're not held up by tight leggings and, and brawls. They are there in pasties and thongs with everything hanging the way that God intended it to hang. And I'm like, get your confidence off of that. Build your confidence off of realizing that we're all normal. We all have natural, well, some <laughs> semi-natural bodies, right? Like we're all going to have flaws and that's one of the other reasons to go and check it out so that way you can you can just feel more confident because it isn't a whole bunch of instagram models walking around with perfect bodies um so that's the other reason too because you know uh Part of the reason that it's so counterproductive of what I'm doing here, right? I, I'm trying to educate the mass people on opening up their conversation in their partners' lives so much so that you can explore things sexually how each other desires. But <laughs> it's actually the closed relationships, the closed conversations that fuel my business. And I'm not trying to take anybody's husband. <laughs> I hate doing this, but oftentimes they're in my DMs because their wife won't do X, Y, Z. As stereotypical as that sounds, it is the mass majority of the, my fans that a lot of the men want to be pegged. But they don't feel that they can open their wife up to that or expose them to that because they feel ashamed about it. And this is where, you know, I call bullshit again on the shame game that, because it goes both ways. Um, you know, here soon I will have Ren Love on and she's going to talk about the, the stigma, the double standard when it comes to uh, bisexual men. That it's, it's highly acceptable for women to be bisexual, but not as acceptable for men to be bisexual. And then men are worried about if they do want to be pegged, does that make them gay? Look, I'm not here to be the gay radar. <laughs> and that's a G-spot. Like, it's a G-spot. And when Tony came around to it for the first time... I enjoyed it so much because it was just seeing him in a different light, seeing him have an orgasm in a different manner. And that's exciting for me because I love him so much and I love to see him pleasured like that. And, and, and as my, as 
being his partner, I feel like I have a duty to listen to his wants, his desires, his needs. And th this is how that communication is a two-way street. And when I have something that I want, we, we, we talk it out, we figure it out. Um, so going back, that is one of the things that uh, husbands are in my DMs for. Or the other thing is, is that women have, the, the wives have lost their, their sex drive. Now, this happens in all realms of a relationship. Either it's right after a baby is born, or it's typically, well, like when we're getting into menopause. There's, there is this time when women in their 30s and 40s are insatiable, uh, but they have to be emotionally stable in their relationship. Because this is the other thing that happens is that the first thing that a woman will do if your relationship is going sour, she will emotionally withdraw. And when she emotionally withdraws, that sex drive goes, she doesn't want to have sex with you. If she's being treated like shit or doesn't feel appreciated or is doing everything from fucking driving the kids to practices to making sure that everybody has dinner, a hot dinner on the, on the stove, making sure on the dinner table, uh, making sure that the laundry's done, the dishes are done. And, you know, it's so fucking hard in a relationship to keep the lines of communication open, just even in the general sense. So then when you open up the lines into sex life, it makes it, it, it is hard. It's fucking hard. I get it. I've been there. I never did it with my, with my ex in my, in my old relationship. And, um, I don't think anything could have ever saved that because he was a narcissist, but, uh, 17 years of, of, really bad sex there did cause me to emotionally withdraw, physically withdraw. I was done. I was over. I had checked out of that marriage about six years before I actually fucking left. And that's what happens. Unfortunately, that is what the fuck happens. So it's hard because men tend to, not everyone, so please don't attack me for this, but a lot of men tend to have a tunnel vision. And they, they see what they have to do here, but women see everything that has to be done all through here. And I, I don't know the science behind it. I'm sure it has to do something with the way that we're fucking wired or whatever. But I will tell you one thing that has helped me a lot with, with Tony helping me is just ask. It's not that fucking hard. And he has to remind me sometimes. He's like, I could fucking take out the trash. Well, actually, I don't really take the trash out anymore because we have four boys and this is fucking ridiculous. I should ever have to trash, touch a trash can ever again. Um, but going to put gas in the truck. Uh, folding the towels. He doesn't fold them the way I like them folded. And sometimes I have to redo them, but that's only because I, <laughs> I'm OCD. That's not his fault. Um, I can't expect him to read my mind and, and know everything that's coming and going in and out at all times because his brain doesn't work like that. So it's up to me to communicate that with him. So that way I'm not getting all snippy and resentful towards him because he didn't read my fucking mind. So ladies, <laughs> this, this, this subject went from one extreme to another, but this is the, this is the ass backwardsness of it and how it works. Because 
relationships, like we talked about in the beginning, they can go sour for multiple reasons. And, and one of the things that somebody had responded to the last podcast episode was that I've seen so many relationships go downhill. Hill, there came my Midwestern accent. Hill, um, go downhill because of getting into the lifestyle or ethical non-monogamy. However, relationships go downhill for the plain, simple reason of lack of communication. And it, you can commute when you communicate. You also have to be able to receive as well. So as much as you're, as much as it's going out, it needs to be coming in, and you need to be receiving and listening to your partner as well. So, <laughs> swinging isn't just for swinging. It all comes down to the communication. And I just want everyone to love everyone and be happy and be able to get pleasure in however they want or desire. That's where my passion lies. I do not think that everybody is meant to be a swinger. Hell no. Fuck no. All the no in the world. Um, one of my favorite comedians, Matt Reif, I watched him talk about how he doesn't think that he could ever share something so intimate with, with another person. And I get that and I respect that. And like, he's also really young and whatever. That's fine. Still make sure that you're exploring your world of pleasure and keeping that mind open so that you and your partner can have the best love ever. Because that's what it all boils down to at the end of the day. At the end of the day, it's all about love and pleasure and taking care of your partner, but yet your partner taking care of you. And it takes an open line of communication from both parties to receive as well as give. So I know a lot of us are givers at heart. So many of us are people pleasers. And if there's one way for it to not be toxic people pleasing mm -hmm. is when it benefits you and your partner. But I say you first. So hope that this podcast episode has uh, put some light on the misconceptions of my last short from uh, the full podcast episode of where I talked about swinging isn't just partners fucking partners. There's, there's a huge realm of it. It's, it's everything, like I said, from simply the whole point of it is to explore your pleasure and your kinks. And whether if that is you guys simply figuring out a way to spice it up at home where you role play or you never used toys before. So you decide to use a certain type of toy or you play a date night game where you like roll the dice and do some dirty deeds or you go the full end of it and you are a full-blown swigger and you go to clubs every single weekend and blah, blah, blah. The rest is history, right? Um, so I hope that this definitely opened up your eyes, answered a few questions. I can't wait to see what else you guys have for questions for me.